The following has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com. Amen. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Over the next few weeks, I'm, I'm going to kind of be doing some just one-hit wonders, if you will. Now, I know when bands do that, that's not a really exciting thing when they have one-hit wonder. You know, there's actually an XM station now for one-hit wonders. How would you like to be on that? You did one song. Awesome, right? But I want to kind of do some, some different things throughout the next few weeks and just talk to you about some things specifically God is laying on my heart. And, and so I want to talk to you this morning for just a few minutes. You can interpret few how you'd like to interpret that. A few minutes about being thankful and having a grateful heart. People that are thankful, people that have a great, grateful heart, can't wait to thank and worship God. Let me say that again. People that are thankful, people who have a grateful heart, can't wait to thank and worship God. They know the reason that they have all of the blessings, any blessings they have in their life is because of God. But sometimes, even as Christians who are blessed by God, we can choose to focus on the blessing instead of the one that has blessed us. Then our worship towards God becomes based upon our current situation. So if we're in the middle of walking in a blessing, it's, ooh, hallelujah, Jesus. We're in the middle of a challenge in our life. It's, oh, God, what's happening to my life? Being thankful is about recognizing, first of all, who God is, and then what he has done. So being thankful again is recognizing who God actually is and then being thankful for what he, what he has done. Listen, problems shouldn't move us away from being thankful. Problems, more than creating unbelief, reveal what it is we really believe. So let me show you this morning why being thankful is so important. It's not because mama said to. There's really a reason why God wants us to be thankful. So if you have your Bibles in Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11, it's going to be up on the screen. You can read along with me. It says this. Now it happened as he, talking about Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now these are the outcasts of society. They actually couldn't come around other people. They had to stand afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Listen, I wonder how often in our lives we turn to God as only a last resort rather than making Him the first priority. Of lifting up our voices and saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now this is another interesting point. He told them to do what they were supposed to do after they were cleansed, before they were cleansed. He said, go show yourselves to the priests. And the Bible says that as they went, they were cleansed. See, so often we are waiting for God to do something in our life, and once he does something in our life, then we can go, okay, God, now I trust you. But in reality, the walk of faith is to, as they were going, 
they were cleansed. It's incredible understanding for us to recognize that the life of faith is not based upon what I see, what I feel. It's based on the Word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So the more I get into the Word of God and the Word of God gets into me, the Word of God becomes more real than anything going on around me. Go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, now catch this, because this is really the thing that I want you to see today. When he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorifying God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He's a foreigner. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. A better word actually there is your faith has made you whole. So I want you to notice that Jesus said, Arise, go your way. Your faith, going back and praising God, thanking God, had made him whole. See, all ten believed that, they had, that Jesus had the power to heal them, and all ten were healed. But after they were healed, only one came back to praise him and to thank him. The result of coming back and being thankful was that he was not just healed of his leprosy, he was made whole. Now, I don't know if you know what happens when people become leprous, but they start losing parts of their body. They start losing fingers. They start losing toes. They start having decay in their body. This one who came back and was thankful was made whole. I mean, he got his fingers back. He got his toes back. If he was a country western guy, he'd have gotten his girl back, his truck back, his dog back, right? He was made whole. So are we supposed to be thankful just because we're commanded to? Why does Jesus want you and I to be thankful? Listen, because I'm going to give you the answer at the beginning of the message and then talk about it throughout my message. Giving, because thanksgiving ignites our faith. And it feeds our faith. So thanksgiving both ignites our faith, it gets faith going, and it feeds our faith through the process. When doubt and unbelief are trying to attack us even before we begin, it begins to feed our faith when we start out thanking God right up front. In the midst of the walking through some things, how many of you have walked through some things that you've been believing God for for a while in your life? And doubt starts to creep in, fear starts to creep in, that you start feeding your faith by being thankful. Thanksgiving is the thing that empowers us to believe the promises that we have in God's word. Thanksgiving is the thing that keeps hope alive where we're wait, while we're waiting on the manifestation, the promise to actually show up. Thanksgiving is the answer to the question, what do I do while I'm waiting on the promise to show up? Give thanks. You just give thanks. Colossians 2 verse 6 says this, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So we're, we're going to have to be, so if we're going to be rooted and established in our faith, we're going to have to increase our praise and our thanksgiving. 
if we're going to become established in this. Your faith will never be complete without praise and thanksgiving. Now, I'm not talking just about what we do here on Sunday services, where we, in our song time, we, we sing praises and we worship God. Though, though that's part of it. I, I love to come into the presence of God and worship God. But I'm talking about an attitude of perpetual praise and thanksgiving in our lives. Recognizing all of the time, all that Christ has done. So your faith will never be complete without praise or thanksgiving. Well, someone might say, well, big deal. It is a big deal. Listen, because while God is good, how many of you know God is good today? If you don't know that, boy, I pray by the end of the service, you'll know that God is good, that, and God loves us with an everlasting love. It's his grace that has made everything available to us. We didn't do anything to, to earn it, or deserve it. In fact, you can't do anything to earn it or deserve it. It's all by His grace, that unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. Favor in our lives. Favoring us with power. Favoring us with blessing. It's His grace that gives us the ability to give, to love, and actually receive the grace that He has given to us. Grace is the thing that makes all of the promises and the goodness of God available to us. But everything that grace has made available to us, you have to possess. God will not force his goodness and his grace upon you. You have to possess it in order to see the manifestation, to see it grow or become a reality in your life. This is why so many Christians are wondering all the time, Pastor Richie, you keep talking about the goodness and the grace of God, but why isn't it in my life? Are you operating in faith? So how do we possess those things that grace has made available to us? By faith. Not by feelings, but by faith. Catch this. Faith is what takes possession of what grace has made available. Faith is what takes possession of what grace has made available. This is how we came to know Christ. This is how we got saved. Ephesians 2 says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. So we're saved by grace, but we received it how? Through faith. Faith took possession of the salvation that grace made available. Are y'all picking up what I'm laying down? So in other words, grace was made available simply because of God's goodness, but by faith, a, a belief in the goodness of God, a confident expectation in the good, goodness of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, even when the evidence of the thing is not yet seen. By faith, we laid hold of the grace of being saved that Christ provided for us. So everything that you read about God's grace, everything that you hear about God's grace, everything that you understand about God's grace is for you. But you have to receive it by faith in order for it to start showing up in your life. Romans 4 says this. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. So this is what it's talking about. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. That it is of faith that it might be of according to grace. Here's what you need to understand. God's grace has made all of God's promises available to you and I. 
but it's not going to show up in our lives without faith. That's why it's important for you to have faith. Without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. So you've got to understand actually how God exists because if you still see God as a withholder, a taker, a mean God, you're not really understanding who he is and who he act, how he actually exists. Does that make sense? When you know that God's a loving God, a good God, that's how he exists, and that he's a rewarder of those who seek after him. Does that mean i got to be praying all the time? Well, the Bible teaches you and I to pray without ceasing, but prayer is not a lot of times what we think it is. It's not just getting on your knees or getting on your face before God. It's walking all day long. I'm about ready to make a business decision. God, I just ask right now that you'd give me the wisdom and understanding to know what to do. You're thinking about getting married. God, I pray that you'd give me the wisdom to understand, is this the right chick or guy for me? It's a good thing to ask God ahead of time, right? So in all of our lives, we're constantly making decisions. So again, God's promises, God's grace has made all of God's promises available. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it's important that you and I understand that our faith is never going to be complete without praise and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving helps establish your faith because thanksgiving is the thing that ignites our faith and thanksgiving is the thing that feeds our faith. If you look over at Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 in light of what I've just explained, Paul is exhorting you and I to be anxious and worried for nothing. He's saying, don't be worried and anxious, because how many of you know that all of us have some times in our lives when we feel the pressure to worry and be anxious about some things going on in our lives? Our children, our marriage, our business. There's the pressure that we feel to be anxious about some things in our lives. And how many of you know that worrying is the thing that you do not want to do? Just so you know, worry is not a spiritual gift. All right? You do not want to worry. In fact, worry and being responsible are not synonymous. I'm very responsible, therefore I worry. No, worry is just a negative form of meditation. Instead of meditating on the promises, you're meditating on the problem. And you've already figured out seven ways why your marriage is going to fail or why your business is going to fail. It's meditating on the wrong thing. See, if meditating on the word of God makes your way prosperous and successful, then worry or being anxious is going to do just the opposite. Just so you know, I'm talking to every one of us today. So if you think, man, my my brother needs to hear this today, I'm talking to all of us because all of us deal with this. Preach it, Richie. Philippians 4 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God. So instead of being worrying and anxious, we are to pray, but we pray with thanksgiving. So instead of going to the Lord all the time, oh God, why is this happening to me? God, why am I going through this again? Go to the Lord with thanksgiving. Psalms 100 says this, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Thanksgiving is the way through the gate. Is that because God's mean and he doesn't want you to walk through the gate? No. But when you're focused on the problem instead of the problem solver, you can't find your way through the gate because you're focused on the problem, not the problem solver. You're walking through the wrong gate. 
I'm focusing on the problem all the time. So what I'm saying is that Thanksgiving ignites our faith. It feeds your faith. It increases your faith to become established because you're still going to pray about what it is you're going through, but you're going to pray with some thanksgiving. You're going to add some thanksgiving into that mix instead of <laughs> doom, despair, and agony on me. Thank you, God, in the midst of our prayers. See, if you'll study the Word of God, you'll find all kinds of scriptures about thanking God, about th- being thankful and praise. Why on earth would we ignore those scriptures? Or why would we think that being thankful is just what we do when things are going well in our lives? See, 1 Thessalonians 5 says this, give thanks in all circumstances. Notice it doesn't say that we give thanks for all circumstances. Because there's some things you're going through that you don't have to thank God for that thing, but you thank God in all circumstances. So that's why the last part of Philippians 4 says that with thanksgiving, Let your request be made known to God. So think about it. You're making a request to God, but it's with thanksgiving. It's not, oh God, I'm having such a hard time. Things are falling apart. I don't think things are ever going to change for me in my life. God, if you just might be able to do that. No, we don't do that. Why? Your faith is established in the wrong thing. It's, it, your faith is established on the problems and the circumstances. That's what you're meditating on. You're thinking all the time about how horrible things are going to go wrong. We have to get established, our faith established in God, in his love, and in his goodness. How do we do that? With thanksgiving. It's praying like this. Lord, I thank you that there are provisions for what it is that I'm going through right now. Some of you need to write that down because that will change your life forever. God, I thank you that there are provisions for what I'm going through right now. The moment you feel depressed, you feel anxious, you feel worried, and you think God's left you. God, I thank you that there are provisions for what I'm going through right now. It's not based on what I feel. It's based on the Word of God. So the moment that you don't feel victorious or you don't feel like you're really more than a conqueror, you can begin to say, God, I thank you for what your Word says in Romans 8. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So God, I know that I'm going to overcome. I don't know when it's going to be, but I know I'm going to overcome. That's the thing that ignites my faith. And now suddenly I start believing that I'm an overcomer. I'm going to feel those oppressing, oppressive spirits again. They're going to try to get me down. But I said, no, no. God, I thank you that I'm more than a conqueror. Now I'm feeding my faith. Are you all seeing this? When you get a bill that you weren't expecting. Has that ever happened to you all? Something shocks you. Oh, my goodness, we owe that in our taxes? You get a bill that you weren't expecting, or all of a sudden, there's this this, uh, challenge to your finances. You can say, God, I thank you for what your word says in Philippians 4. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So God, I'm thankful today that you're my source. My boss isn't my source. My bank account isn't my source. Some of you, that's the reason why you're so challenged with money, is because your bank account is your source. Get your toes out there a little further, right? But my God shall supply all my need. So God, I'm thankful that you're my source. You start feeling a pain in your body. How many of you start feeling this? That's what your mom had. That's, oh, that's what your dad died of. You begin to say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going there. Because here's what the word of God says in Isaiah 53. By his stripes, we are healed. And then listen, if you don't believe that now, if you'll start saying that over your life, it's going to ignite your faith. It's going to start going, okay, it's what the Word of God says. 
It's igniting my faith through the process. God, when's the healing going to show up? You just start feeding. God, thank you by your stripes. I am healed. All of a sudden, it starts feeding your faith. And your faith grows and grows and grows. And suddenly, the more your faith grows, what is happening on the inside of you becomes more real than what's happening around you. Listen, here's the key to our next level of faith. We thank God for who he is, not just what he does for us. Everyone loves seeking the hand of God. We love it when God does miracles in our lives. It's amazing. It's miraculous. It's incredible. I love it when things show up in my life and I'm going, wow, God, this is amazing. But when you understand the heart of God, that he's a good God, that he loves his children. Don't y'all love your children? I mean, 95% of the time, don't y'all love your children? God loves us 100% of the time, and he loves us with an unconditional, everlasting love, and he wants to do good things in the lives of his children. It doesn't matter what you're walking through. We can begin to thank him in that situation and let Thanksgiving ignite and feed our faith. Pastor Richie, it's just so hard. It is hard when you've been allowing your feelings and emotions to drive your life. But if you'll switch over to faith and allow faith in the word of God to start driving your life, you won't just see the blessings, you'll see wholeness coming into your life. Here's the other one, but Pastor Richie, I just have to be real. I can't pretend that things are going good when things are difficult and challenging in my life. Well, I'd have to say to you, you're going to have to decide what you believe is real. How you feel about the situation or what God's word says about the situation. You're going to have to decide what's real. You get to choose what you believe. You just just don't get to choose the consequences of what it is that you believe. And if you choose to keep putting your faith in the circumstances, in the problems, and all the bad things going on in your life, don't be surprised when they stick around in your life. But if you'll choose to put your faith and trust and confidence in God... I'm telling you, you can walk through the biggest storm of your life and just like Jesus was sleeping in the boat, you are chilled and relaxed because you know that God has already told you, man, we're going to the other side. Listen, as followers of Jesus Christ, we always win. We always win. Paul said to be, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Listen, even if we die, which is the worst thing that we can think of outside of public speaking for some shocking reason, even if we die... We're in the presence of God. You, got, you have a couple aches or pains right now. You're kind of working through. No more. You can choose to be thankful. Just so you know, it's not a feeling or emotion that has to, to overtake you and then you do it. You can literally choose to be thankful all the time. And being thankful ignites our faith. It gets faith going. It moves our heart and attitude towards the promises of God. And being thankful feeds our faith. It focuses us to keep our eyes on the promise instead of the problem. To keep declaring God's promises over our life. To allow his word, not our feelings, to drive our life. To be the foundation for our life. So notice the scripture in Luke that all ten lepers were healed. Aren't you thankful that God's a good God even when we're not good? Even when we blow it, he still does miracles in our life. All ten were healed, but only one was made whole. Only one was made well. The, the amazing thing about that word well there or whole is it's the Greek word sozo, 
My favorite word, my favorite Greek word, because it's about salvation. Here's what it means. It means to save. It's what God wants to do. He wants to save you. He wants to save you from making dumb choices in this life, and he wants to save you for eternity in heaven with him. He wants to deliver you. He wants to give you an understanding and the revelation of his word to save you, to deliver you from some problems down the road. He wants to protect you. It's what his word is there for. It's there to protect you, to put a shield around you, to light your path, to understand the promises that he wants you to walk on. He wants to heal you, not only physically, but emotionally. Baggage that you're still carrying around, that you're still dealing with. God wants you to heal you of all those bad things that were done wrong to you in your past. He wants to preserve you. He wants to do well by you. He wants to be or make you whole. See, followers of Jesus Christ, many of them come and they're like the other nine lepers. They're healed, they're well, but they've still got all of this dysfunction going on in their life. And God's saying, hey, come to me. Come to me, step up, press into me. Don't just be looking for my hand and what I can do for you, though I want to do things for you, so don't be afraid of asking. But come in and get to know me. Understand how good I am. Understand how loving I am. That's when all of a sudden fingers start growing back. Things start being restored in our lives. Things the Bible talks about that the locusts have devoured are being restored to our lives. See, I believe that God wants us to learn how to be thankful. Some of you are natural at it. You're just good at being thankful. For whatever reason, maybe you were raised in an environment or it's your personality makeup. You're just naturally thankful. The rest of us, we just have to learn how to be thankful. He wants us to learn how to express our thanksgiving. When we come into a, a time of worship, and we're, we're maybe carrying some weights and burdens from the week and from the day. And we come and we start seeing the words up on the wall about the goodness of God or about who we are in Christ. And the enemy starts beating us up saying, man, you've blown it. You better just put your head down because God knows you're here today. That's when we need to lift up our hands and say, God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your word that's alive in me. Thank you for the life that you put in me. See, that way our faith isn't established by the current blessing in our life. Where our faith is strong when things are going well and it's down when things are going bad. It's established in who God is. That he's a loving, good, faithful, kind, gentle, patient, caring, forgiving God. I told my connect group on Wednesday night that I believe the devil's plan is always to keep people from coming to know God in the first place. He does everything that he can to to stop people from knowing God. But if he can't keep you from knowing God, he'll try to get you to settle for just good enough Christianity. Fire insurance, man, I'm in. I've got eternal life, but I don't have the abundant life now. Just good enough Christianity, where we're just barely surviving. And people look at us, and they, they look at the world, and there's no difference because we're, we're angry and frustrated and dealing with all the same emotions that the world is, rather than being able to recognize that we can stand above that because of who we are in Christ Jesus. Where we settle for just an occasional blessing instead of wholeness that God wants operating in our lives. The devil does not want you and I to be whole. Listen, again, he wants to keep us from knowing God in the first place, but if we're going to know God, it's just settle. Look, show up to church just every once in a while. Man, just get enough to just barely be able to hold on. Read your Bible just when things are bad. Pray just when things are bad. 
Because if that happens, then we begin to damage our testimony. Listen, God wants our lives to be a living testimony because our lives impact people. Just so you know, you have more influence than you realize. You really do. You influence and impact a lot more people than you realize. Let me close with this. Let's develop an attitude of gratitude about what God's word promises and watch, us, watch it ignite our faith and watch it feed our faith. Just so you know, you're going to have to adjust yourself all the time. It's not something that you can do today going, okay, Pastor Richie, I'm all in with the attitude of gratitude stuff. Walk out and it's going to automatically happen. We are naturally prone to run downhill to see the class, glass half empty. You're going to have to adjust it all the time. In fact, here's what I want to do today. I want to give you a next step. I want to give you something that you can take a step today and go, okay, this is what I'm committing to. I'm going to name three things. At least pick one. It'd be awesome if you could do all three, but here's what they are. Commit to be more faithful to the Word of God. I know some of you work ungodly hours. You get up early. You get up before Jesus is up in the morning. I mean, you're, you're, you're at work at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. Listen, you can take 10 minutes. You can take three minutes. Get into a devotional. Get into the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. Commit to knowing the Word of God. Because what the devil wants to steal from you is the Word of God. Because it's your promises that he's made available to you. It's the grace that God has made available to you. Second thing is commit to be more faithful to the local body. Show up on Sunday. Be here because, listen, when you're here, you're hearing the Word of God and you're getting to operate expressing the Word of God to other people. You get to be the love of Jesus Christ to people. You get to come and you can serve here at the church and be a person that, man, you've had a rough week, but, man, you make a choice to come here ahead of time. You put on the smile and you say, man, I'm so thankful for what God has done. I don't care what my week was like. I'm going to express the love and hope of Jesus Christ to people. Get in a small group. Listen, get in a small group. You've got to get in relationships. The church, our church is growing to the size where we're not going to be able to pastor you unless you're really in a small group. Third thing is commit to walk in greater faith by cultivating an attitude of gratitude about God's promises. Let thankfulness ignite and feed your faith all the time. Make a choice that you're going to be thankful. So I want to pray over you this morning. So I'm going to ask you if you would just bow your heads. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.